the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network presents. Take a seat and buckle up, folks, because Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn are here to violate your ear holes with more indie wrestling, pop culture, and pee-pee humor than you could possibly mentally or emotionally prepare for. You're here for reviews, interviews, nonsense, and more nonsense. It's the IndieCast! Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. Uh, Chad Allen here with a Barbara Walters-style special episode. Yep, it's just me this week, but that's okay. Uh, I do have a guest with me, though. Uh, I have a, a uh, lovely person who refers to herself as the Swiss Army Knife of professional wrestling, and we'll definitely talk about why that is in just a minute. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have Sarah Rose with me. Sarah, welcome to the IndieCast. Hello, thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. So, uh, Sarah, we start every episode the same way with what we like to call the lightning round. Five kind of quick questions. Uh, mostly to get some of the dumb podcast questions out of the way that everybody asks, uh, and then a couple silly ones that we like to throw in for everybody. So uh, let me start with uh, Lightning Round question one. Where and when did you first start working in professional wrestling? I started at St. Louis Anarchy in 2016. Okay. And uh, what is your first wrestling memory? meeting ACH at a PWCF show uh, in the St. Louis area um, about 2015, and yeah, that's probably one of my first actual memories of, like, at least indie wrestling. Okay. Do you have, like, a, a WWE memory that kind of predates that one, or is that the, is the, um, uh, the ACH one kind of the big one? Well, uh, in fourth grade, my mom got me a Stone Cold Steve Austin skateboard for Christmas, and then I also nice. had like an Attitude Era game for PlayStation. Nice. So that was kind of like my my brief kind of wrestling in my youth. Okay. Uh, what is your Hogwarts house? Slytherin. Slytherin. Okay. Did now have you taken the the official test and gone through the whole nine? Oh yeah. Okay. Good. So. Some people give me a house quote, but then we'll be like, okay, well, did you take the test? Oh, no. Well, then you don't really know. <laughs> uh, what is one movie that you love that you almost hate to admit out loud? Oh, God. Uh, um, that's hard. Like, I don't have anything that I'm, like, afraid to admit. Um, High School Musical slaps pretty hard. It's a good movie. <laughs> I was just too I was too old for that one. That was that was definitely one that missed me. I'm sad to say, and I even did musical theater for most of my life too. Um, oh man! Now uh, this is a very important question for uh, for my lovely wife Shelley, uh, who is normally co-hosting here with me. Uh, this one will officially could officially get you kicked out of IndieCast headquarters. Uh, Marvel or DC, and why? Definitely Marvel, uh, just because I feel like they get more in depth with everything that revolves around the universe and because i fucking love x-men now are you excited for the now are you excited or are you trepidatious about the fact that disney obviously now has ownership of x-men again i'm very indifferent about it and okay. i'm hoping for the best so uh so okay so from here uh, you are like i had introduced you you are the swiss army knife of professional wrestling you are an announcer, a commentator, photographer, valet, etc. Uh, of all those jobs that you have there, uh, what's the one that you kind of like the most? Oh, God, that's always so hard when I get asked that. Um, 
photography and ring announcing are like my two main ones that I do. Okay. Uh, I sometimes lean more towards photography just because I've been doing it for over 10 years just sure. in general. Uh, but I love the feeling that I get from the crowd whenever I get to ring it out. So it's slightly a tie with uh, the photography being um, a little more and then backstage interview being in like third and valet and like fourth. Okay. So, and what is it? So now, what is it about valeting? Because that was the one you listed kind of last there that, that you find to be the most difficult of them. Because the crowd portion seems to be there with the ring announcer, but I've, I find it interesting that then valet goes to the end. Um, I guess because I've only done it twice so far, so okay. I'm still <laughs> learning. Um, and the, the two times that I've done it has been with the Gymnasty Boys, so uh, it's been interesting working with the tag team because you already have so many people out there. So you have to kind of, you know, still find your places to, you know, come in and hype up the crowd or, or do what you need to do. But then, like, you also have to, like, find your times to hang back. And I, I think, like, maybe, like, once I valet uh, a singles wrestler, uh, I can get more of a, a hang of it and kind of, you know, capture everything. Because the first time was Gymnasty Boys with Joey Ryan at Bizarro Lucha. And then the second time uh, was just me and the Gymnasty Boys. So... Uh, hopefully a singles wrestler will take me under their wing and let me valet them soon. Okay, so now I have to ask, they've been, they've been on the show before, so we know kind of how they're like being interviewed. What's it like working with the Gymnasties? It's the best thing ever. I love those boys with every ounce of my body from head to toe everything they're just so fantastic they're so kind and genuine and they have welcomed me in with open arms and have been just you know so nice to let me be the one to valet them uh as as my first time um it's just been so fun because i love shaking my butt and we all know how <laughs> gymnastic boys feel about butts oh yeah uh so it, it just kind of it worked out perfectly i love being their gymnastic girl very nice now um is there any jobs left, you know, kind of on the Swiss Army knife that you haven't pulled out of the, the sleeve yet that you still want to conquer? Um, I guess kind of like tying in with valeting, I would love to manage, uh, but it's definitely something I have a, a lot more that I need to learn sure. uh, that goes into it. Um, I mean, I've touched on commentary here and there. Um, it's probably one of my least favorites just because it's really hard, um, but I've had fun, so it's definitely another thing I'd love to improve upon. Um, other than that, I don't really think that there's anything else because I have absolutely no interest in uh, training a wrestle or ref. Okay. So that, now, that's almost all that's left. <laughs> right. Yeah, you pretty much covered everything else, I think. So now to put it out there, because you said obviously you'd like a singles wrestler, if you kind of had your pick of independent, I'm going to keep it independent, uh, independent singles wrestlers, uh, who would you pick and, and why right now if you kind of had your dream, your dream choice? Um, I would always love to do Alley Cat, but because she's a cat, cats are really independent, so that's kind of, um, not an option, but I think it'd be fun. Uh, but honestly, it's something that I always think about, and I haven't really narrowed anyone down yet, um, that, that I would vie well with, like, right off the bat. Um, as far as people who, like, have never had a valet, it's kind of hard. Uh, but I know that there's tons of people that I, I definitely would love to, like, uh, Dan Housen would be fun. Uh, Kevin Blackwood. I'm just trying to think of people that like my aesthetic fits. Sure. Uh, so like anyone who's like goth or like punk hardcore, like people covered in tattoos would be fun. Uh, another tag team I would love to uh, evaluate would probably be the production because they're okay. fucking hilarious. 
Uh, now, it, it, since you, you listed off a lot of people that, that a lot of people either probably should know if they don't already, um, are there any other independent talent out there that you think people should be looking out for, maybe on the cusp of kind of making it big, that, uh, that you'd like to point out? Oh, geez, absolutely. Um, I love anyone and everyone that comes out of Indianapolis. Uh, Levi Everett is really cool. He is Amish, and he's like he is referred to as the Mennonite superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's fantastic. Um, Benjamin Carter uh, was trained at Black and Brave. Uh, he is in I don't I, I don't remember where he's based out of right now, but he's a British wrestler uh, in the states, and he is freaking unreal. Like he killed it at the scenic city invitational like futures tournament like he's just unreal he's like a Brit, like a he's british but he's like will osprey uh is what i was, was going for he's just like flippy and un, unbelievably talented um ifhy uh is a fantastic team of of multiple people uh god i could just go on and on forever about so many people well i'll be i'll be honest of all, all the people you listed uh to to quote kind of a, an old tom cruise movie you had me at hello because you had me at, at Levi Everett, who has been down here to Florida a few times uh, for punk pro wrestling. Uh, and it's amazing that one of the times he came down here, he wasn't announced uh, as one of the talent. He was just set up to be part of a, a scramble match. And it, it amazes me that when his music kicks in and he walks out, even if you have an audience that knows nothing about him, has never set eyes on him before, how quickly Levi Everett turns a crowd to his side. Um, I always find that amazing. So, Yeah, it's it's unreal. He just, I don't know, it just, it leaves me speechless every time I see him do an entrance. And he was recently at Freelance, and I was like, that crowd is going to love him, and I was not wrong at all. Well, uh, let me, so you uh, mentioned, obviously, that you're, you're up in kind of the, the Midwest area a lot. You've experienced a lot of variations of the Gary J. Warhorse feud, um, multiple different matches. Uh, what is it about that feud that's worked so well in so many different locations? Because they've been all up the Midwest. They've made it down here to Florida. What is it about those two guys kind of facing off of each other that that, that seems to catch everybody's interest? Uh, I think it's just because they have, a, like, a pure hate for each other. Like, they straight up dislike each other and um i was there for the match where gary j ripped warhorse's lip and that just uh, i think escalated it and pushed it even more um i believe that they will never ever be finished fighting and i think that it's one of the best feuds of modern day so what do you think about uh, warhorse lately has been kind of making almost this weird God, I'm trying to think. It, it, it's it's like he's finding another form right now. Um, now with the the paint and and all of that. What do you, what do you think about the the kind of the change of the the Pokemon conversion of uh, of Warhorse to his next level? I guess. Um, so it's always fun to see wrestlers uh, keep changing and trying to find uh, what works best for them. Um, and his evolution has just gotten better and better. Uh, and he's someone that I've seen since uh, the very first wrestling show that I went to in, in the uh, St. Louis area. And watching him 
go from being in a trios of, you know, him being one of the lesser known of those trios to, you know, building a brand for himself as a singles competitor has been unreal. And I think that the direction that he's going in now works so well for him. And I think that no matter what he does, uh, he's going to have fans, you know, kissing his ass at all times. Uh, now, uh, you had mentioned, we kind of mentioned the evolutions here. Uh, one of the people that also has kind of had an evolution lately uh, is uh, Ziggy, uh, Ziggy Heim. And she recently on social media, along with Effie and a couple other people, were talking about intergender deathmatch wrestling. I'm kind of interested to see what your thoughts are on intergender deathmatch. Yo, I am all about anything and everything intergender um, and I am here for all of this because uh, uh, we briefly touched on this on uh, the podcast that I have um, where we saw Effie tweet out that he wants intergender death matches and then Charlie Evans is tweeting about it and we are wanting Charlie Evans versus Effie in a death match. And I'm like, many a week, it has to happen because... I, I, like I said, I want anything and everything intergender because women are equal to men in every single aspect, and I need it in deathmatch form. So now, and actually, you kind of, you, you kind of started to cover over what my next, my follow-up to this was going to be. So you uh, don't necessarily think that this isn't some sort of, like, novelty, that this is definitely... We, you know, we were kind of questioning if this would be like a checkpoint to continue to kind of destigmatize women's wrestling. Um, do you think this is kind of another thing that we need to check off? Would be that that intergender deathmatch? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that anything should ever be uh, left out of the blanket of inclusivity for for women or anyone uh, that doesn't identify as a. Uh, straight cis male so deathmatch wrestling is for everyone just as much as any other wrestling so i you know and actually interesting that you 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 mentioned straight cis male i know there's been a lot of um um feedback and i can give my opinion on this in a second as well in a moment uh for somebody like nyla rose uh who obviously is is transgendered what do you what are your thoughts on Nyla Rose being signed to AEW, and what are your thoughts about the kind of flashback that she's she's gotten uh, because she's be getting uh, that reaction in AEW? Uh, so first of all, I'm a huge Nyla Rose fan. I think that she's fantastic. She's fun to watch. I want to see her beat anyone and everyone, but literally, um, I think that her being signed to AEW and being uh, like getting a huge push right now is fantastic. Um, I don't think that it's fair that the fans are treating her the way that they are, uh, especially with it being 2019 and everyone needs to be looked at for who they are, not what you think they are, because that's not what matters. If right. someone identifies as what they say they identify as, leave it at that, you know, just look at them as a wrestler. It doesn't need to go any more in-depth than that if you're going to be ignorant. So, and, let me, and this is also something that's kind of been brought up on our, our, our sister show on the network, um, the Team Hammerfist Power Hour. They've talked a lot about how wrestling has always been kind of geared more towards the kind of mid, uh, you know, the smaller town 
Trump area type of, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to make it too political, but that's the best way to describe it right now, um, the smaller rural area that may not necessarily want to try to get something somebody like Nyla Rose. Um, do you think that's the case for wrestling, or do you think there's a chance that this could be turned into, you know, that there's a turning point for this somewhere? is like I said it's 2019 and things regarding you know uh, gender and sexuality and everything kind of under that umbrella is coming out more and is more uh, widely known um, and I feel like it's important for us in the LGBTQ community to start educating people um, in a very you know proper and respectful way so that we can keep going um, towards the future in a more positive and accepting way and that hopefully you know people in smaller towns can not be as close-minded and maybe you know start to hopefully open up a little more I know that's asking a lot uh, but I have uh, bright bright hopes for the future because I want to be accepted I want everyone else in the LGBTQ community to be accepted no matter what and I think it's important because we're all people regardless we all cut and bleed the same and that's 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 it at the end of the day so um now one thing that I know that we've for your podcast uh, it's evolution baby and and our and some of our shows here with the indie cast and even just this past week um uh, myself and team Hamifist did what we call one of our um uh, megapods where we all had a, a group um show and one of the things that we talked about be, um was uh, the world wrestling entertainment you had stated on your podcast that you can't trust the wwe anymore and we were talking a little bit recently about kind of how we feel like we've fallen out of fans of mainstream wrestling based on a lot of different reasons um what what are some of the reasons you don't trust WWE anymore? And if there's one thing WWE could do to try to gain your trust back, what would it be? Uh, so here's the thing that I uh, talk about over and over and over and over and over again on my podcast is the storylines that they do with the women um, are petty, are catty, are disgusting, are not necessary, and it sucks when they were trying to build up this women's evolution and push for the women. And yes, I'm extremely happy that they are no longer referred to as divas and that they are now called, you know, superstars just like the rest of the roster, like the rest of the men. Um, but yeah, the storylines that they're doing, it's just awful. And the amount of women that they just have on the back burner right now, and they push the same women over and over again, they feed us the same things down, down our throats for absolutely no reason. Uh, so I think that the writers and creative need to do better with making the women look strong uh, without making them look like they're bitches. What are your thoughts? I, and I haven't been watching too much, but I did just get to see a clip recently um, of the uh, the Canellis family storyline. What Have you looked into that at all or watched any clips of that? What are your thoughts on the Maria Canellis uh, storyline with her baby? Oh, God. So I haven't seen it in a while, but what I saw at least like last month, I don't like it. It makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't make her or Mike look good. It especially doesn't make Mike look good. Like you're in a relationship. Like I get that you're 
you know, it, it's good to make women look powerful, but the way it, it's basically, you know, showing an abusive relationship, you know, where she's abusing Mike mentally and emotionally. And, like, you don't need to put that out there on TV. Like, that doesn't look good, you know? It just, I don't like it. It's another one of those storylines that has no place in wrestling. Uh, but, you know, WWE just has no idea what they're doing anymore and just pushes the weirdest, most random stuff out there. So right now, if you could pick out your favorite storyline that's going on currently, obviously not... Well, I mean, I guess if you have one in WWE that's jumping out at you, go for it. But um, of, all this, of all the things that you've seen either on AEW or uh, local independent company or something like that, what's the one storyline that's kind of jumping out at you right now that everybody should be paying attention to? Um, I guess along the lines of WWE is um, The Fiend. I like what they're doing with Bray Wyatt right now. It's bizarre and right up my alley, and I think it's uh, it's been a good good reintroduction of Bray uh, to to the main main roster, and I hope that it continues to be good and not fizzle out like WWE is really good at doing with things. What about anywhere else? Uh-oh. Lucha, um, in general, has a lot of really good storylines. Um, it, it's pretty much like an ongoing soap opera, I feel, sure. uh, if you watch from the start. Um, so, yeah, Bizarre Lucha as a whole, um, everything that they do up there is, is has been an ongoing storyline, and it's it's really fun. Okay. Very nice. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly shift because uh, one Mr. Zach Romero had a question. He made sure he wanted me to ask here because um, he had noticed you had mentioned cosplaying uh, Raven on social media. And for no for you wrestling fans that are out there, no, I'm not talking Scott Levy. <laughs> Pause a second. Not that Raven, the one from Teen Titans. So, uh, do your preferences lie towards the Teen Titans from early 2000s or Teen Titans Go? And please explain your answer. Um, I like I like both, but uh, I definitely lean more towards nostalgia and going towards the, the older version just because it's not as childish. And uh, Teen Titans Go is definitely more childish, but I'll definitely still watch all of it because... Uh, it's entertaining, and I love cartoons, and um, I love Raven just because I I feel a deep connection with her for uh, being dark and mysterious and not needing men to uh, control my life. No, what, did um, I, I'm assuming you probably went to go see the Teen Titans. Did you get to go see the Teen Titans movie that came out recently? I did. I actually took my nephew uh, to see it in theaters when it had come out, and it was pretty uh, entertaining. I actually thought, amazingly enough, that was that was a much better superhero movie than it actually deserved to be. But that was just my my. Per- I was going in expecting because I went with my nine year old, and I was going in expecting the dumbest thing on the planet, and I wasn't totally wrong. Um, but but the fact that they actually like put in a, an actual decent storyline involved with all of that too actually was shocked me probably more than anything since obviously i watched the tv show with her too um it's a little ridiculous so uh okay well sarah we've got three questions that we ask at the end of every episode uh question one uh obviously there's a lot of times that you're out late at night you're doing the drives as uncle bob likes to say 
uh, and you get a little uh, you get a little hungry. You get a little rumbly in your tumbly, as we like to say. Uh, and you're pulling over a hill. You see a shining beacon of food wonderness coming over. Is that shining beacon a sheets or a Wawa? Oh God, um, I've never had sheets. Uh, I tried to uh, on the way to and from Mania, but my car load uh, wouldn't hunt one down for me. Um, so I've had Wawa plenty of times. So I love Wawa, but I I have nothing against sheets since I haven't tried it yet. Okay, but well, it sounds amazing. Well, next time when you drive down when you drive down to Mania for in Tampa for this next year, um, you'll have to find a place to stop somewhere on the way down so you can hit a sheet, and then we can compare when you come down here because we're down here in Tampa. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> question two. This one's a little dark. I apologize, but. Uh, in this uh, lovely performance art we uh, call professional wrestling, we seem to, we tend to lose a lot of talent early. Uh, with that being said, if you could pick one uh, wrestler who is no longer with us uh, to work with, learn from, etc., etc., who would it be and why? It'd be China, um, just because she was a badass and she got to do a lot of intergender stuff in WWF that... Uh, really no one gets to do anymore and because i want to work out with her very nice i think you might be one of the few chinas we've had i'm surprised um <laughs> i hope that changes more often from here so uh final question please be prepared this is a long one we here at the indycast believe that all uh, animals in nature have certain traits uh that assist with their survival uh for instance giraffes have the long necks rhinos have the big horns etc etc uh we here at the indicast believe that the human's trait is the ability to use tools so with that being said sarah rose if you could fight any animal what animal would it be and what weapon would you use oh my god uh well My weapon would be my step stool. Perfect, of course. Uh, I think I have to fight a kangaroo. Now why? Now why a kangaroo? I think they put up a fair fight. There you go. Would you be using? So would you be like standing on the stool to get more of a more of a height advantage, or would you be using it more just as a swinging weapon? Probably a as a swinging a, swinging weapon. A melee weapon, I should say. There's my D and D. There's my D and D coming out right there. <laughs> Yeah, definitely more as a weapon. Uh, I don't think it'd be safe to, to stand on it and, and fight, but definitely as a weapon. That, very nice. So, uh, Well, Sarah, this is the uh, part of the episode where uh, one Mr. Brian Cage has officially given us permission to call. Get your shit in. Uh, let everybody know where they can find your social media, where they can uh, buy any merchandise you may have, etc., etc. Uh, the floor is yours. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at StepstoolSarahX. Uh, you can slide in my DMs to purchase any 8x10s or 4x6s that I have for sale. Um, listen to my podcast, It's Evolution Baby. You can find us on Twitter at It's Evolution Pod. Uh, go check out independentwrestling.tv. Use code STEPSTOOL for 20 free days. Uh, watch Salem's Anarchy and Black Label Pro and Bizarro Lucha and Sub Southern Underground Pro. Freelance wrestling. Uh, shout out to the Gymnasty Boys. Uh, shout out to Ziggy Haim. I love all my wrestling wives out there. And 
I want everyone to always remember that wrestling is for everyone. Very nice. So, well, Sarah, thank you once again for uh, joining us on the IndieCast this week. And to all of our dozens and dozens out there listening every week, thank you very much for joining us once again. As always, everybody, I am Chad Allen. And until next time, uh, I always get to say, douches. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. Greetings, everybody. Chad Allen here from the IndieCast. Uh, well, I guess, obviously, they're listening to the show. Uh, here to talk to you about Phil Singer Games. Uh, I know you've probably heard us talk about it uh, before if you're a listener of the episode, but if you're not, Phil Singer Games for over 30 years has been the top wrestling card and dice role-playing style game that's on the market right now. An absolute blast to play uh, if you play the Champions of the Galaxy version, where you can pretend to be one of the many stars from the future and battle them out to legends of uh, today from here on Earth with guys like Andre the Giant and the Road Warriors or to the most recent independent up-and-comers. You can play any single one of them or you can even play them against each other. It gives you the chance to have those dream matches you never thought you wanted to see until right this moment. And you can find out all about it on philsingergames.com. There are hundreds of wrestlers to choose from. Tell them the IndyCast sent you. Go to philsingergames.com. Just shove it in my face. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. <laughs> Every single one of you guys has made a whole of the <laughs> It's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are, we're touching wieners. Not touching wieners good. professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Mom, save vagina.